We're getting dirty today, breaking down all things Bristol dirt right here on Stacking Pennies. We are joined in studio by somebody pretty familiar to me, my old man, Randy LaJoy, going to give him some big news. So tune in for that. You're not going to want to miss it. We're also going to look forward to the paper clip going to Martinsville Speedway this weekend. Pit Road Boats and Woes going to dig into all that good stuff right here, right now. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. I'm Corey the Joy, and this is Stacking Pennies, and I'm joined by the normal band of characters to my right. A clean-shaven hey. Mr. Chuck Bush. How's it going? You look great. Thank you. I haven't seen that chinny-chin-chin chin in a long time. Both of them. All two of them. <laughs> See, you beat Jeez. me to it, man. man. I God, was that was a softball. That was a softball. Coming and swinging today, Jonathan Merriman. How you doing? I'm doing great. Make, I, make a fat joke. Just I don't, I don't, no. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to pick on you. I'm a nice guy. I appreciate that. Who's not nice is the front tire changer of Ryan. Blaney's Ford Mustang. Hey, you couldn't screw up this weekend. Ryan Flores. <laughs> oh, well. what, happened to, what happened to him? He got spun out. Uh, Restarted on front row. Saw that. And uh, Chase Briscoe hit the dirtle. Spun him out. He kind of like was maybe. a half a lane maybe off the bottom. And Chase yeah. kind of tried to fill and got a little too far. And then when he hit the dirtle, it shot him up and spun Blaney out in front of the field. Maybe because he had a broken hand. Broken. It was broken. He showed me He showed me the x-ray. Oh, yeah. His middle finger was like just full-on freaking broken completely. You ever had that happen? Can't say I have. Really? You never hurt your hand in a car? No, maybe sprained a thumb or something, but yeah. not full-on broken. Have you ever had the wheel spin and it like clips your finger? Mm-hmm. It feels like when your fingers got frostbite and you hit it on something or like it's real cold. Dude, it's amazing how much force a wheel has when oh. it rips out of your hand. So he, he broke his hand. In that Kyle Larson dirt late model race on Thursday, I believe he didn't qualify and he said he didn't, didn't even know that it was broke until like after the race. He said he had to literally cut the middle finger out of his driving glove so he could put his glove on because it was so swelled up. (laughs) He said all he did was hold it up the whole time and it was just a swollen middle finger. He said he raced around Kyle Bush a little bit and he said he ran dead last. He said he didn't, wasn't able to even be competitive. He was super worried. I believe he's getting surgery today. Yeah, he was scared. You could tell on TV that he was nervous about it. It's, it's not a fun thing, dude. When you we only got two of them, and you get hurt. Yeah, but he ran pretty good. Spun you guys out in the process. Not ideal. Yeah, not great. He's two for two in the last two years, spinning people out. Yeah, at least but he's he consistent. owned it. Like he owned both of them. You know who else owns some stuff? There's a little bit of a tussle. Is that even a word? A tussle. A tussle of sorts between the forty-one and the five. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You shake your head. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's Bristol, right? It's racist. That's why people go and sit in the stands at Bristol. <clears throat> exactly. People run into each other. Kyle Larson's—he's made a pretty good living for himself, putting people in compromising positions to where there's only—you only have one option if you don't hit the fence, and that's to lift. Particularly in dirt racing, whether it's a midget, whether it's dirt late model, you saw it the other night in his own race when he threw that slider on Davenport. He put guys in position. To where if you don't want to crash, you got to lift. Did you see the interview he did where they were asking him about did he feel does he feel pressured like how it felt to race those races? And he's like, ah, no, I was just having fun. He they asked him if he was having fun. He's like, I was just having fun the whole time. So like, I don't know if he was having fun. Like I, I was throwing haymakers at him. Like he knows he, what he was doing. He's very aware of what he's doing. Talking about Davenport. 
or Kyle's, Kyle's like, I was throwing haymakers at Davenport. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was fun for me. I don't know if it's fun for him, but that's nothing but fun for me. Yeah. And I think that's how he races. Like, you watch him race any any kind of car ever, and he's super aggressive and puts people in position where you got to lift. It's know? fun for the fans. For sure. I mean, fans got their money's worth out of that show. Well, yeah. and I think that it's a it's a scenario where Priest has had a couple bad weeks in a row. He got spun out running well at, at Coda, right? And, and he just is over it. And Larson did like a clear tight out of four and stuck Priest in the fence. fence. Yeah. yeah. He drove him in the fence. Yeah. And, it, and Priest said he wasn't going to lift. And then they got back into it again after Larson spun out by himself. It was just, it was interesting how it carried over. But Larson had a, what do you have a quote that said? And it was like an hour and a half ago. I thought he'd get over yeah, it. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half ago. I figured he'd, I figured we'd be adults and he'd get the F over it. Yeah, but it's easy to say when his race wasn't ruined. Dude, I would be. An hour and a half later when I'm driving around and I got a bent toe link. Yeah. And I was running fifth and now I'm running 42nd. Right. You know, racing the hell out of the hornet's nest back there. I'm not forgetting that. I don't care if it was two days ago. <laughs> right. If I'm, it's a rain delay. Yeah. Yeah. That like, might make it worse. And I would actually, I prefer to see it is subjective to your opinion of what it is, but I would rather see it happen in the same race. Yeah. I agree. Then it carry over to a Martinsville or somewhere else where there's no reason for it. But if you get stuck in the fence, what, at a, you know, in, at Bristol lap 80, you have every right to stick the next guy in the fence on lap 240. That's just how it works. That's how Priest grew up. I mean, yeah. he raced against guys like Teddy Christopher and that Connecticut Northeast hard-ass racing. Yeah. That's eye for an eye, so – well, and, and, you know, Ryan said, too, he's like, I'm not, I'm just not going to lift. And I can assure you this, you know, Larson is, like we've been talking about, run guy, runs guys tight, doesn't give, he races respectfully and calculated, but he's, he put you in a bad spot. He'll put you in quick. a bad spot quickly. And a lot of times people lift for him because, because, you know, he's just, faster. Or the, he's faster and, you know, he's a good guy. And yeah, it's like, but, but Ryan Priest, he's, he's going through it. Like I said it before the show started, I think, I, equate him to a little bit of like where Daniel Suarez was last year. Like when we talk about Coda and he got frustrated with you and I, he, he had good runs. He had fast cars, things which weren't falling his way. And then finally the frustration builds up. Yeah. Where, you got to get mad at somebody. Where does this fall in line? I mean, I feel like we've beaten respect to a pulp over the past couple of weeks, just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. But, but Larson will put his own teammates. I, mean, I think we saw the auto club a couple of years ago when he, Pinched Chase up into the wall, and, and Chase got irritated at him. And even on the on the restart last year at Watkins Glen, when Chase took the outside and Larson ran him wide, like yeah. that is to your point, Larson's mo. So at what point would those guys racing around him just kind of take that into account and expect it because he he uh, he does it? And then where is the line over like what's too much? Because to me, like I love watching it. I, there's I don't think there's anything is it, no. it's there's no too much. It's just aggressive. I mean, like we talked about last week or the week before that, the only people that you're accountable to for your car having a good run is your guys on your team, your partners on your car, and your owner, right? But when you start messing around and taking both of your teammates out of contention or something like that, then it's probably a bigger issue. But racing hard, racing aggressive, it works itself out. And I could show you this. If he's looking and peeking to clear himself with two or three feet to spare, he's going to give himself five or six feet with priest next time because he knows yeah. priest is gonna like i think priest made his point like dude don't do it not me not me dude yeah like i don't think i don't think that larson's like he's not like a habitual line stepper yeah right he's not 
he's not like offensively bad, but he does that. He's aggressive, puts people in bad spots, and it's not enough to where you're going to get out and punch him, but it's enough to where when he puts me in a bad spot next time, we're wrecking. Yeah. His rookie year, he did it to Tony at Watkins Glen, and Tony hemmed him up in the garage pretty good. Like, And then he probably didn't do it again. No, not right? to Tony. Like he knows who he can do it to. Yeah, that's right. He knows who, to, you know, and, and Ryan Priest, he has never, he said to his point, I've never raced against him. When he was in the Cup Series, he didn't have good stuff, and this is probably the first time I ever raced against him. Well, Ryan Priest isn't just some He's not just some guy that's there paying for his ride. He's he's, he's a freaking take, take, take the long way. I mean, he's yeah. he's a real deal short track racer and a, and a and a real deal cup racer. He's won Xfinity races and he's good stuff. And he's here to prove himself. He's not going to take from anybody. Well, no. and if you want to find out more about that uh, for the next three Wednesdays, we're going to have some uh, little features on NASCAR's YouTube page at Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Hosted and fronted by uh, our own Ryan Flores. He interviewed Ryan Priest back at the beginning of the year. And we put together a little uh, feature, so uh, you'll get to know a little bit more about where he comes from, his background, and why that type of racing is nothing new for him. That's pretty cool. Tune Tune in. in. More importantly. What? How do you like dirt racing, bro? I could. uh, I love dirt racing. I just don't like getting dirty. (laughs) There's just a problem about that. You can't have one without the other. I mean, dude, I'm still picking. You know, you get those eye boogers Mm -hmm. that come out like the inside of your eye. They're brown and black. They're just dusty. I've got it's yucky. I, don't, I just here's my thing. If there was two or three, four on the schedule, and they elected to go down that path, which I disagree with, that being a supplement to the series, we'll talk about that in a minute. Then I could justify spending seventy five, eighty grand to like run five or six dirt late mile races or something to get used to understanding how the track changes and the Are different. You really learn anything in a dirt late model though. Um, or you go modified. You can, I mean, anything. I'm just, I'm just saying. Anything. Yeah. Goes, it looks like you go street stock racing. Like It looks like yeah. the most expensive street stock race ever. That's but, what it is. But it was good. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, people are saying this or that. We need more dirt tracks. I I think it equates to the Yankees going to play at a single-A stadium. I, I just don't – like, I think, in my opinion, it. we're trying to make – I think we've done a – bad job of making the cup series more prestigious and i don't think us looking like you know we get a bunch of guys spinning out we get a bunch of guys wrecking just driving over each other it doesn't make the cup series look more prestigious going to a dirt track and here's the all here's the other thing too and you can combat me with this i gotta take on this too so let's just say if you add one or two more right let's go to eldora let's go to knoxville the infrastructure of those places is made for you know 24 sprint cars, right? Racing out of the back of their haulers. It's not built for the Cup Series. And I feel like we need to do a better job of making the Cup Series the Cup Series. Use the Xfinity Series. Use the Truck Series to go to dirt tracks. Let the Cup deal be the pinnacle. Did they use the full infrastructure this weekend at Bristol? Because I heard it was pretty empty. So what's, no. that, so what's that point? Like, they, they probably could have, if they went to Eldora and it was packed, then people would say, oh, it's freaking packed. But the same amount of people at Bristol and the optics look bad. Oh, it'd be, so there's, like, there was so way more people. There's way more people at Bristol than there'd be at, than the capacity at Eldora. I've got a, I've got but a also we're not talking about take. that. We're talking about markets too. You're yeah, gonna I'm go to the you. middle of nowhere in Ohio in for Eldora. Let the truck series go and put fifteen thousand butts in the seats. Let's not add it. If you're Christopher Bell said it after the race, you either need to go all in with dirt racing, do one or two, three of them, or get all out. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. Special cars for one week. I don't, I like don't disagree with that, but I, what I would say is why not do more? Because there's a big contingent of dirt racers that, you know, you saw Jonathan Davenport. He did all right in the truck race and then not so good in the cup race because, you he was know, doing okay. 
he was up in 20th there. Like he was doing well, but it's, it, he even said it's not, it's not true dirt racing, but there's something. It was, it was I don't real that. To it me, was real dirt. To I me, I liked watching those heavy body stock cars on dirt. There's something about it that's intriguing to watch on TV and it's good. Like at the track, I've enjoyed it. I went the first two years and it was fun to watch. Now to your point, the, the track prep was the best this year than it had been the first three years. We're three years Kudos. in. We've yeah. now had three years of learning, so the racing product was better this year. Here's my thing, though, too. We get in also in a bad habit of thinking that something is good, so let's just do more of it. We don't need to chase it. But to justify the cost of it for teams, for example, right? If you have more, your purpose built car for one race you've got more uses out of it i don't like cheaper what if if you go back around that what if you go go back the other way and just don't do it then you don't have to purpose exactly and i don't they're not i don't like in purpose built cars you you take the most expensive part of the car the underbody off it and put a put plastic and metal down there at the end of the day it's still a four hundred thousand dollar car you're smashing into it dude i've watched daytona and talladega what are you guys doing i watched atlanta like i mean it it like you guys commit on the last lap of those races to not lifting whatever happens happens. Now all of a sudden we're talking about cost. Like you can't pick and choose that argument. Valid point. So I, I hate the I hate every argument they have. This race this weekend, the track was tacky when it started, and it was slick. And you either had to run the ring around the top and keep your right rear in that three foot patch all the way around the top, just like the World One Hundred, just like. When you watch Super Dirt Week, those long dirt races, like if you go watch the Eastern States at Middletown, New York, which is a long 100, 200 lap dirt race, it starts off tacky and it gets super slick. Mm -hmm. And guys have to figure out and move around. Like the racing was real racing this weekend. They were shifting. Yeah. I don't think you need to put dirt on Bristol. Like I think if you were going to do it, you go to Eldora. But I also don't think you need to go to Bristol twice if that's the case because – like, one race at Bristol would be great. I would rather go to Eldor than go to some of these places we go to twice. I will say, that dude, hurts the market even worse when yeah, we go place to place. I agree. The twice. dirt race has made the night race more special, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, because there's but one. I also feel like we should be racing on Bristol concrete twice. Why? Why, though? Like, I think there's Nobody a few tracks. Nobody gave a flying handshake about the first like, race of Bristol. To every, me, every race of next-gen cars You know why I don't want to go there now? Because it always freaking rains on that weekend. It sucks. (laughs) It sucks to set up the tents. It always rains. The track prep was great. But, like, people just get – people are going to be mad no matter what you do. But, like, it was a good race. It was hard to win. It was set up to be a spectacular finish if those guys didn't wreck. People just want to – well, this ain't – if I saw it from one guy that races micro sprints, I saw it from 100. This ain't real dirt racing. Well, what do you want? Because I've been to Millbridge and watch it be one lane around the top when nobody passing each other. And so like, so what are you just going to be pissed off because NASCAR, cause you're not doing it and these guys are. Yeah. And this like dirt racing is at the epitome at the core of what NASCAR started as like to me, having a nod to that discipline at its highest level is some of the best, like to me, it's paying homage to your history and to where you came from. Let it be an exhibition race. Bring yeah, back the I prelude. It. I love it being yeah. like I love yeah, it other, being a real race. Like why, you guys are the best drivers in the world. Go showcase it, and you showed it this weekend. Like Jonathan Davenport is a tried and true, maybe the best dirt late model racer there is, and he runs second to last. Now he did a great job, and he doesn't race those things weekly. And if you ran a five race deal on like series yeah. on dirt, he'd probably do really great. Yeah, but you guys can do it. You guys can do it well, and 
I think it needs to be showcased, and I think it needs to be at a place that's Eldora, that's like a boutique, smaller racetrack what that if, fills up, and it's hard to get a ticket. Not at Bristol, where there's 300,000 seats or whatever the hell it is, and nobody's there. Well, I think I think it's not a and or. I think it's not a or. I think if you if NASCAR sticks with Bristol, it has to or it sticks with dirt, it has to go to Bristol for one. And I you could why pitch because it's still at the end of the day is a is a five-star facility. Then you go to a three-star facility in Eldora that's not set up with the infrastructure pit road. One, I'd, I hate hot dog breaks for the Cup Series in general. but it's I think pit line. road would be easier at Eldora to do pit stops in Bristol because you don't have the severe, like, like you said this weekend, you got a speeding penalty because the, the reason that we don't do pit stops there is because of the transition, transition from the banking to pit road at Eldora. You could probably do live pit stops and i'm sure that they could figure out to like enter into three and make a pit road on the infield there money not being an object why not you know, if say let's do three in the in, in a season right dude money's not an object I'm, yeah. that's a bull yeah. argument but for I, i'm just saying like, like these race teams are spending money and if you're not going to spend it here they're going to spend it somewhere else so the fans that go why are we spending the money to do this they're not like it's going to get spent what i'm going to propose would be a bigger infrastructure deal than just a race car um but what if you had a purpose-built dirt track to cup specifications to, like, infrastructure-wise, media center? Who the hell's building dirt tracks these days? Yeah. I'm just saying. If you Bad had something like that. <laughs> somebody, say, called, somebody called in a series earlier today. But they, not, brought, they brought it up. Hey, they're, they're building a track in Southern California, redoing Fontana. Well, make it, a, make it a dirt track. So because there's no dirt track west of the Rockies that – has any sort of good dirt whatsoever? So is is there? A, I don't know. I'm say, is there like a way you could take a North Wilkesboro or an Iowa and convert it to a dirt track? I'm not saying complete ground up build a track, but you know, North Wilkesboro was dirt at one point. Well, North Wilkesboro, whether or not people like it, it, it's due to get repaved, right? And there was originally plans to put dirt on it to run the Outlaws and some other things like that, but they didn't do it. So potentially, for sure. I thought the heat races for qualifying were more exciting than the actual race itself. Do you you don't think so? Yeah, well, I thought the race was I, good. I, mean, I, didn't, I don't think the race was bad. It's just not my cup of tea. I I When's the last time Kyle Larson spun out by himself, bro? Uh at Bristol Dirt. Uh Yeah, I mean it's I mean, <laughs> I mean it's Kyle hard. Bush. It's hard. Like Kyle he, Bush. It, it, it's not about being hard. I mean, I'm it's hard. I didn't and they have to earn their money and it's not the same thing and like let it be different for a week, but let it be like. But do you need thirty six cars on on the track at yes. a time? Why not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what robbed you of the finish that you wanted. Uh, it didn't. I mean, that can happen anywhere. They wrecked. So what? Yeah. I mean, like there could have been five cars on the track and they could have wrecked, and the finish could have been like only two of them wrecked. If not thirty six of them. If you look at road course racing back in the late nineties, early two thousands, when you had the true road course ringers, right? Guys weren't put, focusing on stuff. Now you start to see guys start to focus a little bit on dirt. And they're doing well. Like RCR had a pretty good showing the past two years on dirt. One, the Dillons grew up racing yeah. on dirt. So like they, they know it, they understand it. But if you, if you put a little bit more emphasis on it and you get a couple more races, if you restructure the schedule where maybe we're not going places twice, you maybe do a double header at Pocono and then you got an open weekend over here, like get creative with the schedule where you could work it in. Maybe you don't go to Bristol twice. Maybe go somewhere else, but it's a way that you could showcase a discipline that a lot of guys grew up doing that also brings in your folks like your Jonathan Davenports. He gets a couple more opportunities. Maybe he 
finishes in the top 10 or, or wins a race. We will never not go to Bristol twice. Two, well, ever. <laughs> you're still on that. <laughs> you're still on that pretty hard over there. I, I, dude, I, it's the highest level of racing in the country. We're the only ones, IndyCar, F1, nobody, nobody is doing that. Like, nobody's going to ovals, road courses, street courses, and a dirt track. And, like, I, I like the parody of it. It, it, we cover all the bases of racing in America. And if the dirt people want to be mad because it's not real dirt racing, I challenge them to come out there and look at it. And, like, when we talk about guys that grew up dirt racing, like, it doesn't seem to matter when you get to the Cup Series because everybody's good. Like, yeah. we took we took Joey Logano to Volusia in a dirt car, and he hauled ass, and he was great, right? So I think it, it also offers that crossover to bring guys like that to dirt tracks to showcase how good our guys are. It's not just Kyle Larson shows up and wins those races at will because he's that good, and he races against the top caliber at the top series. Like, yes, we are the top caliber of the, every race team is the top of the top in the country. And it just shows that when you go to dirt tracks, when you go to street courses, when you go wherever, everybody raises their level and the race can be great. The race this weekend, you can be pissed off about it however much you want. The race this weekend was a good race. Mm -hmm. Let's take a vote right now. It's going to be 50-50. Raise your hand if you want a dirt race on the schedule next year. (laughs) What if you don't? Told you it'd be 50 Three. 50. Hey, Sean raised his hand in the back. Let's go. What about the control room? How many raised their hands you, over there? I mean, look. Hold on. What if you if you want to go do Turn my hat back go on. grassroots, then and you're saying you want to go to a dirt track, why not take the series to South Boston? I feel like you get a heck of a whole lot better show there than you would you take would, them to an Eldora. You would get the same turnout, if not more. I'm talking about going to South Boston as you would for an Eldora. I'm saying the fact both. that it's a dirt track doesn't aside. matter. Why can't you do both? Yeah. I'm not saying you can't do both, but you don't think yeah, the show one. would be right. better at South Boston? I think the show at Bristol was good. Think yeah. the show and South I Boston think the show at South Boston will be great. And I hope the show at North Wilkesboro is great. Like, we don't have to just do mile and a half and then four or five short tracks here. We can do whatever because the car allows us to, the teams are good enough to, and the drivers are good enough to, and we can do whatever we want. We There's put no a rules. race in the L.A. Coliseum. Like, yes. w- we built a track And it was there. good. Yes. We can do Twice. just about anything. You know how much I love dirt, Chuck? So much that you so much so him. that the highlight of my weekend was beating Tim Tebow. <laughs> How was Tim Tebow? He was great. What did he say? You gave him a helmet. Yeah, I painted up one of my American flagged helmets last year, and I put a Mount Rushmore of my favorite Americans being Abraham Lincoln, Dale Earnhardt, Joe Rogan, and Tim Tebow. And I feel like he should have the helmet. What, what, when you sign it? You yeah, I signed the visor. Sure. Yeah, I said, thanks for being an inspiration. I've always looked up to him, read both of his books. When he you brought, gave it he to brought him, the word. Brought the, brought the word, man. When you gave it to him, it looked like he was just looking at it like he didn't realize it was his. He d- Yeah, I don't think he knew he could keep it. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, it's yeah. yours, man. Like, you can have it. Well, he was looking at it like, oh, that's super cool. Then he turned around and saw his name on the visor, and he's like, oh, oh, you giving it to me. Yeah. Yes, sir. Like, that guy's my favorite. And anytime in interviews, people ask me, hey, who do you want to meet? President, this guy. Nope. I want to meet Tim Tebow. No, and I did this racing? weekend. No. So, so who's next on the list? Rogan? Yeah. You think that he would come back? Yeah, he said he likes it, but yeah, you know, he got in his helicopter about you know thirty laps in and made yeah. his way. Timmy touchdown. Big fan, and also I told him I drive the seven car. That's he said that was his favorite number, number of completion. And I said I start. There's only one person that starts behind me. I'm gonna go to the front. And he goes, I'll be watching. So he watched me drive to the front to about 18th, right up to the point where I cut a right front tire and got pinned three laps down the rest of the day. So he it really left. sucked. 
yeah, and then your day went downhill. Exactly. So it's Tim Tebow's fault. See, Corey, that's why Corey has a skewed, skewed version. He had a rough day at Bristol, so he hates the race and everyone's go again. I had a great day Sunday, and I don't want to go back. <laughs> I just, I, my opinion is that it it makes the Cup Series less prestigious. I think. I think See, so. that doesn't. I, think it I makes mean, it look, more. I, the, you know, I try, nah. I'll agree the contrary. Look, I feel like NASCAR is a sport of like the working man. So that's not the thing for me. I mean, cups cup racing is prestigious, but like, I feel like you get a better show on asphalt, concrete. Yeah. Uh, Agree to disagree. So you hear it here first. Next year we're going to Eldora and South Boston back to back weeks. <laughs> and we're going to do the Coke 600 half of it at the, at the big okay, track, half of it crazy. at the third track. No, he's getting crazy. And oh, then the Legends track over there. Qualifying's going to be on the Legend car track. Qualifying's All the Legends car track. And then no you finish it up. On the Roval. There's going to be a green white checkered on the Roval. <laughs> that's, hey, that's where the only if that's sports what we that want, that's, that's race, what we want. All star race format. You run all three uh, of, of the tracks at Charlotte. Or, oh, but you get to choose when you want to do it. Joker <laughs> laps. Gosh. <laughs> this is getting off the rails. We want to be entertained, Corey. It was three, it was three hands versus two, guys. I don't know what to tell you. And by the way, Chris Bell won the cup race too. Um, <laughs> good for congrats. Him. Good yeah. job, Chris. Dirt guy. Six top tens, points leader right now. He's been on a heater. Uh, interesting stat, Chuck. The other three Joe Gibbs teammates don't have one top five, and he has five top fives so far this year. He's Dude. the best. He's the best guy over there. And and the way Ty Gibbs has been running the past few weeks, he's starting to come on. He's the second best dude. Ooh. Ooh. It's getting chilly. Who's the worst? Name names. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Truex has showed a little bit of speed. Denny's just, Denny's getting in his Truex won this year. You know, that podcast is really starting to be a distraction for him, you know? Oh, boy. What do we want to do? Let's go. Let's talk to your old man. Yeah, let's get him on here. He's been waiting long enough. Let's see what kind of stories he's got to tell. Randy LaJoy, guys, coming up right after this. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, guys, very special guest, one that you might know, two-time Bush Series champion, and my old man. Everybody's asking all the time, hey, what's your dad doing? How's your dad doing? Well, here you are. I'm just going to get you on the podcast so you can tell everybody yourself. Randy LaJoy, Joy well, Snack and Penny. Come on, I'm a three-time champion. You forget about the North one. You know, NASCAR North. That's NASCAR right, North champion. Was it 84? 85. What have we been doing? Well, being a granddad is pretty darn cool. 
that's pretty fun. Still saving lives. And, you know, we've been busy, very busy. I mean, since COVID, it has almost doubled our business. And I don't know why. And it's so darn difficult to get stuff the way you used to do business five years ago. Totally changed. So you go with the flow. And then, you know, we got a great group at the Joyous Eating. When we built this many seats years ago, we had double the help. So now we're building the same amount of seats with the proper help. So the process has gotten a lot better. How long? What was your last race? Oh, six. In what? Well, that was the year I did the 21 car for Harvick. I filled in for Harvick that nine nine races. So so you would practice and qualify his car while he was off cup race, and then you come in race day. Hook him in. Nine races, he won six out of them. Six. How many poles? Second. No, I never got a pole. Darn it. Yeah. A couple times he qualified it. I practiced it. I think I qualified third a couple times. But that, that was an amazing team. I mean, I couldn't believe that's what got my wheels spinning about technology and stuff because they, they knew how much shock travel we were going to have. We're going to Kentucky. Rough-ass racetrack. I was like, you guys have no clue what they did. It cost me dinner. I had to buy the hell is it, a bunch of crew chiefs all around. It was a Shane. Shane Wilson was crew chief on that thing. No, it was a – okay. Uh, Scott Brewer, too. He's my car chief. He was on that car. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. underneath guy, I think. Golly. Uh, Stankowitz? Yeah, Jeff Stankowitz. Yep. Uh, there were four or five guys that are crew chiefs today that were all on that team. Yeah. And it was it was amazing to see how they worked together. It was fun to see because I said, okay, Kevin's not going to like this. It's way too tight. Okay. Well, we're going to change the truck arm. We're going to do this. We're gonna... I said, oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're ready. Go ahead. Go back out. Did, okay. they, have, did they have simulation at that point? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, they must have. Yeah, because they knew. I mean, I'd never seen it before. Well, they knew. You know? They knew tire loads probably through some tire tests and stuff. But yeah, do you miss it? Nah. Yes and no. Yeah, I don't miss how hard it takes to do it correctly, because that that's a lot of darn work. And if you're not with the runs we had with the championships, I mean, once you're doing it, you win in five races a year. You think you're gonna win five races a year forever? Because <laughs> you're like, man, we're just getting started. Well, you know, and then there's a little chink in the armor and the left hand don't know what the right hand's doing. And then all of a sudden, instead of skipping happy hour, you're chasing your tail at happy hour. And it's it's a championship team is cool to be part of. <laughs> and and when, you, when you're not part of that, it's aggravating. It's all get out. And that 06, when I drove Harvick's RCR car, it, it was an incredible team. The second I ran eight races with uh, Barry Hill out of – Oklahoma, and you know, he had bought an old Michael Waltrip car. <clears throat> Michael Waltrip didn't run no good in it, but he thinks he's going to go there and beat these guys. So, needless to say, I had to use the champions provisional to get in every one of those races. Oof. You know, and, and a week earlier, I'm on the top of the board. Yeah. And I went to see Richard at the end of the year. He won the championship. He said, Come on up and see me. He thanked me for doing it. He said, The guys loved you. I said, Richard, I said, Can I have 10 races in the 21 car next year? Yeah. I says, he said, why? I says, because I could win half of them. I said, so it'd be like at that time, RCR was like today's Gibbs cars and yeah. on the Xfinity yep. side. Jesus, you don't win in an Xfinity race. What was there. the saying? But was it, were they talking about Gibbs when somebody said, uh, was it Boyer that said even a monkey can win in those things or something like that? Uh, and Gibbs' car? Well, that was Birdie. Yeah, Birdie yeah. said that about his own cars because <laughs> Birdie, Birdie won a championship with Grissom. He missed it with the. Uh, Birdie, Birdie was a diamond, was yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, there were, there were 31, Grissom had your own cars. Oh. Channel Ox and... Uh, Birdie had the hot <coughs> back Oh, he did. Oh, he was. He had the stuff. You know, the only one who didn't win championships was old Kenny Wallace. <laughs> he uh, couldn't get it done. After you make a championship run, it's hard to do it any other way. It's like 
No, thanks. I, it, I think Lenny Boyd, old school race from Jersey, said, don't think that a bad effort is better than no effort at all. You're better off just not doing it, especially if you do it well. But <laughs> one thing, talk about not doing, I get a lot of questions about why you never went cup racing. And I know a lot of the decision was so you could stay home with the boys and, and watch them. But I wanted to hear, I figured it'd be a good time for you to tell that story of why you never went full-time cup racing. Well, when you're a big rig and, and you do your deal and, and you're winning races and a couple championships, you'd think you're never going to get knocked off. When I drove the Budweiser car, Craven got hurt, drove that car, nine races. I mean, it, it was great, but it wasn't great. Hang on. Pause that thought. One cool fact from my career best finish at Atlanta. Didn't it tie your career best? You run fourth at Martinsville? Martinsville, correct. Oh. Yep. So I'm trying to beat your damn So the man best. still got you. It's, uh, tied. 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 That's right. Well, I would have been third, but Big E knocked me out of the way with two to go. Oh, man. <laughs> he said the pay window's open. I needed it. Got to go. Yeah. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that on the show last week of like how he run into somebody and made it feel like it was your fault. <laughs> well, yeah, he didn't. He said, no, I, didn't. I just knocked you out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Because I got to go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Ain't wrong. No, no, that's right. So, well, but what went into that? What went into that decision? To- okay, but so run that Budweiser car nine times, and I had a great relationship with Budweiser, being an Anheuser Busch champion and Busch champion. So, I, I've known them. I had personal service contracts with them. So it was a lot of fun. Well, the Budweiser car, those nine races, I did like forty appearances. I mean, it was double what my responsibility was as a Busch champion, just being a regular guy. And I was like, wow. And it wasn't hard hanging out with Budweiser people. I mean, they're really cool people. The following year, I had an offer to go cup racing. They said, hey, Budweiser, hey, we want you to come. I said, okay. For Hendrick? Yeah. And the Budweiser says, hey, we, we want you to drive the car next year. I said, okay. I said, well, I'll think about it. And the, the, Mr. H, well, at the time, uh, it was uh, John Hendrick. And John says, you know, we want you, they don't want you to drive the car again. What are you thinking? I said, well, I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to really think about this because at the time, I mean, the kids, they just started getting into racing and, and it was a little bit different than when they were six and nine. I asked them if I wanted to go cup racing and Corey's like, well, can we go to motorhome tour? Are we going to go racing on Sundays at the shop. And I said, no, no, no. He said, well, I'll think about it. Well, Casey was seven. And I said, Casey, I said, what do you think? He says, why do you want to do it? I said, well, I can make a lot of money. He said, don't you make a lot of money now? I said, yeah. He goes, why do you need more? And he's 70. I said, you got to figure it out. So, <laughs> so that was what, that was with Matei. So then with Budweiser, I said, okay, you know, why do you need more? And I was really enjoying my life with the kids and the wife. And, and I figured if I went to that Budweiser car, I don't think I could have stayed married. Because <laughs> yeah. that was just a whole different lifestyle. And then the cup car was too. Because even in those nine races, I mean, I was a two-time champion. And I'd go out to dinner with the wife and kids and not be bothered. And that was yeah. good. And then you race your and see you. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, good, good. I did that Budweiser car. I don't want, no, I don't want to be seen that well. I mean, I couldn't go nowhere. It was crazy. What a difference being a Sunday guy to a Saturday guy. And I, I'm not, I just wasn't cut out to be that Sunday guy. Do you what? care about the legacy you leave in NASCAR being a Saturday guy versus a Sunday guy? No, nah, not really. I mean, a champion's a champion. You know, I was a champion of the division I was in. And you still got to act like a champion. You got to, you know, represent the, 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 your sponsors, Your if you have any. You know, it's a totally different ball game that you guys are playing today. I mean, we had great sponsors. Fina, and I mean, it, it's cool. My phone is still filled up with guys used to, we used to hang out in the racetrack with that were sponsors. 
and you know we'll talk two three times a year so that, i mean that's the relationships you build through the your championship years never go away so with that being said do you know why he came down here besides his bullshit we couldn't tell you because nascar's putting out a list of the 75 greatest nascar drivers overall oh. and pop you made the cut Hot top damn. 75 i got chills it's not a bill, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But you talk. There's a little diecast in there too. Yeah, you talk about the relationships you've made in the sport. People asking about you. People caring about you. They care about you enough to, you know, it's a broad list of of guys, roots guys, some late model guys, modified guys. Ex- most of all of which are champions. And uh, I'm proud of you for making that list. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, that's way cool. You don't wake up. When you're 10 years old, racing go-karts and think you're going to get something like this. But that's pretty damn badass. And well, it's probably something you don't think about when you are you get your Bush North team and you start chasing the dream either. You don't Correct. Think about it. We're, we're racing. Something. We're going racing. What's next on the agenda? Now, is that for all time? Is that just the Bush guys? Uh, that's <laughs> that's everybody. All of NASCAR. Wow. That's, that's yeah, every so series, it's not, not just Cup. Yeah, not just Cup. It's everybody who hasn't left their impact on the sport over the 75 years. Wow. Yeah. So just like they did the 50th anniversary where Richie was on it and Dale, and you're on there with him. Does that get me like a jet, get out of jail free card? I go to these. Well, I think one, I think you've burned up a couple of those freebies too. <laughs> I think that Mike Helton's wishing he didn't give you his number about 20 years ago. You wear his ass out, but you, uh, you've set a great example for myself and my, my two boys on, on how to be a champion, how to be a man. So uh, it's, it's pretty damn cool to be able to give you that box. That's way cool. Give that honor. I'm so proud of, of the man you've become, Casey. It's just uh, it's been cool to watch you guys grow up, and uh, I'm here to continue to watch as long as I'm on this side of the dirt. Well, hopefully, you stay on this side of the dirt for a little while. <laughs> I'll lighten the mood. I'll ask you the three questions of all the guests that we ask. Okay, good. All right, so you stop crying because you're gonna make me cry. Too. Okay. <laughs> if you had to pick one race car and one race track to race at the rest of your life, what do you pick? Dover, where the car that hooks the bottom. But you got to pick a car. Yeah, any car. Uh, any. A bush car. Bush car. Yeah. No, no. What, what lap, what year bush car? You know, 96, 97, won both races there, and that, that was fun. That, the car hooked the bottom and gassed it up. Was that bias ply tires back then or radials? No radials. They weren't stones. I didn't have to, I didn't have to pedal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the, Corey, dude. That, that was a Dover. fun stone joke. Yeah. When we won, the when he won the East race there, that was just. I think about that, and, like, I think about now being parents, like, what the emotions you must have had. Because, like, we didn't – we don't really remember, like, when you went to Dover for the first time and the memories you had there, and then you make your own. It's got to be cool to see the second generation of that and all the memories. Oh, I mean, like I, said, I grew up watching my dad race, you know, and, and his generation of racers. And you don't get to race – you don't see yourself racing, you know. So, somebody, you, you're as good as your dad. I – my dad was pretty damn good yeah you know i said like, i don't know i said like, because i'd never seen you know i said like, hell the last race he won he beat me so i said he was pretty damn good shout out john don lajoy yeah and then Corey, what i've watched Corey, he's better than both of us so okay you know that's it it's fun to watch it, it's uh life is uh interesting as hell <laughs> uh yeah i'd say so question number two what's the most embarrassed you've been at a racetrack oh boy oh boy I don't get embarrassed a whole lot. I know. You know? That's why you're yeah, that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> I, mean, I know. That's why it takes a hell of a lot. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I probably can't say this on TV, so I have to do another one here. Okay. I have to 
get that out of the brain. You've been well, and it's any racetrack. Like if you're selling seats or if you're driving or just broad being a fan. Do you remember? You know what the most embarrassed I've been in a racetrack? Uh, one can never was, tell. It, was it was it Kevin Harvick's go kart track? <laughs> I shanked him. Oh my god! <laughs> this so Harvick used to have these damn knockout. Like he was like the original field filler fairgrounds. Correct. Right? They they'd have. 30, 40, 50, like all, our, oh, all the RCR yeah. employees had a go-kart, right? Brian Smith out there, all these guys. And it'd be a spectator thing. I mean, a hundred, probably more than that, two, 300 people show up. They had yeah. grandstands, the whole thing. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm probably in ninth or 10th grade, right? And I, I got... Ah, uh, you're probably 14, 15. Yeah. That's ninth, 10th grade. Okay. Yeah. I'm playing baseball because we came right from baseball practice because yep. I had my... my I was probably had 3XL baggy sweatpants on, like Northwest Cabarrus baseball on them. And like a sweatshirt. And I'm sure I was like sagging. I was probably pretty cool at the time. And I, we're sitting there and my back's to the racetrack. And we are facing this grandstand kind of like off to the side. But like I was in eyesight of the – from between – I was between the freaking this is not, grandstand. This is not a big track. And the racetrack. But you're already talking 40 feet. And I'm sitting there with my <laughs> arms closed and, and or arms crossed. And we're sitting there talking. I don't remember who. It's, it's burned into my brain, but I don't remember the faces. Next thing I know, I'm looking around I'm like, Damn, it got pretty breezy. I look down and my <laughs> is hanging out. He passed me to my ankles <laughs> in front of all these and people. And you didn't feel it because they were sweatpants that were that bad. Yeah, you didn't even feel it. No, just I wonder what took him so long. I shanked him and I walked away. He was still standing there. I was like, here's his white ass standing there. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> At least 12 seconds. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it, and it was smooth. Oh. So that's the most embarrassed I've been oh. at the racetrack. Also, another embarrassing story. I want to hear your your side of the Michael Schumacher story at Hickory because I love telling that one. I just seen those guys last week, Ralph Moody guys. Yeah, pay. I'm not a big pay to play guy. It's okay. So we're gonna make a deal. Corey's gonna run this guy's car. We're gonna pay to do it. Okay, good. We go to air practice. Super late model Hickory pass. Super late pass model. Race. Pass, pass late yeah. model. Yep. <clears throat> he's, he's teammates to Benny Rowe. Ben yep. Rowe's a multi time champion. Dad, I raced against both customers. Good, great people. Mm. So we go to every practice. He had a great practice. Went out, bought the guy's dinner. Okay. Second, third. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. On the doing. board. Yeah, he's doing good. Okay. Come out first that was practice. Probably 15, probably. Yeah. So, okay. We're going to, I think we practice first. Yeah. And then we're going to put tires on yeah. and do a mock run. Cold uh, as So hell. I'm standing down there. Okay. He comes by where he was lifting. Q run. We're trying to get it. <laughs> he went by me and he ain't lifted yet. <laughs> Locked the left, locked the left front tire up into one. <laughs> Boom. Straight it. Right front. Ripped the air cleaner off. Mm. Valve cover. Okay. So I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. So That's it, not he, your That was well, not your that, that was when I was – you weren't even out of the car yet. So the, the steam just started to uh, – so now I was like, okay, there's, there's a grand, there's another grand, there's another grand. Watching this car come in. I'm crying. Yeah, so he's all upset. He gets out of the car. He goes into the trailer. So I was like, okay, how are we going to fix this thing? You know, so I got to solve all these. Okay, I thought I'll help this guy. One of those were like the cars and like the, like they got the front of the car lifted and they're backing it up and they stick the front of it on Jack's hands and then <laughs> up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so I, I'm going to help these guys that these guys got to go home to Maine with a wreck race car. All right. And then he finds, he finds an, a cordless sawzall. Yeah, and I'm going at it. That's great. That's like that's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give him a sawzall when he's mad. Yep, a junkyard. Exactly. Give a junkyard guy a sawzall when he's mad. And then he comes out and he kind of doesn't want to help. Uh, and I mean, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then he's looking. At, I was like, I, I, all I know is that there was a 
Michael Schumacher in oh, there. No, uh, well, a couple. Ace. <laughs> Michael Every Schumacher. Time he's got the scissors. <laughs> cutting off, like fender pipes, whatever's in there. <laughs> Extension cords that are like holding on to the, to the hauler. Every time. <laughs> Thanks, he's Michael Schumacher. <laughs> Ain't done Well, funny story. That's probably my third most embarrassing. Funny story. I believe there's a story of Don LaJoy when you went to Pocono with your modifier for the first time. And he drew a map of the track and said, if you don't lift at this X, you're going to hit the fence at this X. X." And you drove past the first X. Yes. And you hit the fence. The second X. So is is this a family tradition, you think? It it must run in the family. (laughs) Thank you for backup. I was was chasing Richie Evans, though. Hey, I hear you. Yeah, but... He was too far ahead. I was going to make it all up and going into three. That was <laughs> God's way of paying you yes. back. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that. yeah, it happens. You know, you, you did, yeah. It's funny. Here's what I'll say, because I've grown, like, I've since I was a teenager, I moved down here. I've been at the shop, yep. at, at your shop. And when we would get, and I think we've learned our lesson now, but, like, when we are especially in your mid-20s and you go cup racing, you're, you're like, he has no clue he's talking about like that was years ago and every time we've ever like you've come back and chewed our ass and we'd be like he ain't know what he's talking about you're always right whether it's a year later five years later or five days later it's like randy was right again i think we've learned and we're like okay now it still applies the contents of which are generally factual it's the way he the delivery is not delivery presentation i have trouble with presentation (laughs) yeah yes but, but no, I mean, I think we've learned our lessons uh, over the years to like, okay, no, wait. He's won two Bush championships and a bunch of races for a reason. And you work with enough people and you see what's going on. So, I mean, it, this is – when you pay attention to your race car and you watch a race car, it, it was cool going growing up. I mean, my dad was really good with getting his car to run. Well, then I got to working with Bob Johnson. And he would watch the car and tell you what the car was doing and kind of pull it out of you of where you needed help. So I think that's the big thing in the team. Same thing with Birdie and Billy Nazareth. I mean, we had Billy Nazareth with Bird and, and you know, Richie Billy, Evans, longtime crew chief. Crew chief. That's right. And he, he was such an asset to that team because he, his vision was so good. Yeah. He's like, hey, you, it looks like you need some help right here before the center. And I was like, yeah, I got a little dull spot in there. Okay. He's all right. We could work on that. So it, when you see guys like that and that, that, you know, I think that's what's changed from 2012 when, when hell, you, um, you're racing the same guys you did in 2012, that, that next class. You beat those guys in 2012. You won the championship. They docked you points. They docked 25 points and you lost by six. Yeah. And then we proved that we weren't cheating. Yeah. So, we, so you, you beat those guys. You beat all those kids, you know, and it, it's, it was fun to watch then and it's, not so much fun to watch now because I know if you guys just switch seats, them suckers are looking for you. So, you know, it's just because of the, I'm not sure that you can't say quality of people or quantity, probably more than likely it's quantity. Yeah, a lot of it's quantity. I'd put my guys right now, my core group of guys up against anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Because my guys But, are but your toolbox don't have, don't have the yeah. pages in it. No doubt. You know? No and, doubt. But that's not, yeah, the the quality of my guys, they're doing, they're doing 3X of what, you know, bigger teams are asking of them. It, it's easier towards the end of the year when you start good. <laughs> oh, yeah. no doubt. Yes. Yeah. And that's – it's hard to catch up midseason on. 
Oh, for sure. You know, you got to get on a run. Otherwise, you, you don't get five or six runs. Mm, you're buried. You, you're done. Yeah, you're yeah. buried. And it's so darn tough. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, – I know what Spire's up against, and they, they are – Well, there's 32 freaking yes. fully funded, full-on deals. Yeah. Correct. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Third question, and I've kind of tailored this, and I like the way this is worded the best. If you had to lose all of your racing memories yet keep one, which one do you keep? Racing memory? Yeah. Championship standing on the roof. That was that was cool. First yeah. one? Second. Second one. Second. Yeah. What made the second one more special? Well, it might have been the first one. That, 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 was it the first one? Because the second one, no, it was Miami. Because Rockingham was the first one. Yeah. Crashed the backstretch wall doing donuts. So <laughs> uh, that could have been an embarrassment. The uh, Miami one, the second one, did donuts right in the start-finish line. When I climbed out, got on the roof, there was smoke all around. I was like, where the hell am I? And when I looked up to start, it was right there. Old Carl. I was like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And, oh, wow. And, yeah, that was that was, uh, that was was cool. I mean, that uh, I guess you, you, you never want to forget a win, but that one there, that was cool. I, I still got people come up to me, say, man, I was in Miami. I still got chills when you did those donuts. That was cool. Did you win the race? Uh, no, I went second no. or third. Yeah. yeah. Kevin LePage won the race. We had to kick him out of victory lane so we get all our – <laughs> the big trophy. That's right. Gotta go. Big guy coming in. Well, pops, you're uh, you're on a pretty important list, my wow. friend. I'm proud of you. That's serious. One of NASCAR's 75 best drivers. I'm gonna carry that with me next time I go to a racetrack and say, "Where are you going?" It don't matter. <laughs> well, uh, that that and a cup of coffee. That and a dollar get you a cup of coffee at McDonald's <laughs> yeah. too. But it's a lot of hard work, a lot of a lot of lessons, and a lot of uh, good times had in that box. Wow. You ain't kidding. A lot, of, a lot of memories. A lot of some good, some bad. Some yeah. make you laugh, some make you cry. What was <laughs> was there like one moment where if it didn't happen, a call, an opportunity to drive, like like one thing that you can kind of go back and pinpoint, like had this not happened, had you not won this race, had you not got that sponsor, then it doesn't pan out how it did. Probably two or three. Uh, <clears throat> Dennis Shoemaker. 64 Duraloop Six, car. Yeah, yeah. Not Remember. to be confused with Michael Schumacher. No, yeah, correct. No, it's his cousin. Mocker and maker. Uh, Dennis, I would call him, and he would never give me a chance to drive his car. I mean, before I got to deal with Moroso and stuff, you know, you got to be a cup guy. You got to be a cup guy. Okay. So I get that wonderful cup career I did <laughs> with Bill Davis, and he calls me. He goes, hey, you want to drive my car? I was like, are you kidding me? I'm a cup guy now. So I get. So 90, 94? Yeah. 95, maybe. 95, yeah. And who was a crew chief or the team manager? It was O'Brien Schaefer. He's with Junior Motorsports now. He runs their cars program. But he, me, him, and it was four or five of us. And we do. We run good. Golly, we run good as heck. But we looked like uh, Keystone Cops on Pit Road. So it never really Been did there. help us a whole lot. Been there, time yeah. Too. So, so uh, never won a race with Dennis. Uh, and then Moroso called, and and Dick and Dad Pepe were always a, a damn good buddies up up in the Northeast. Uh, grew up together, did a lot of work together for the Moroso catalog. My dad did, and uh, when Dick called, he says, "Hey, he says I need a driver for a couple races. You want to do it? Put me in, Coach. You know." And then uh, <clears throat> Birdie called, and Bumgardner. Bill Baumgartner, uh, who was driving Jack, they fired Jack Sprague, and Johnny Benson was coming in. And he needed a driver for Rougemont. 
So Birdie says, come drive Rouge Mountain. Okay. Orange County. Orange County. Made up three laps and run second or third. I mean, it was great. It was fun. And the owner said, hey, if you ever get fired, you ever need a job, you call me. Who's this? Bill. Bumgarten. Yeah. He said, you ever need a job? That was the most fun I've ever had at a racetrack. I said, okay. Was it a second car? No. Uh, they fired Sprague and Benson oh, okay. couldn't come from ASA. Okay. So they needed a filling for one race. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And uh, he said, that was the most fun I ever had. He said, you ever need a job? Call me. So after Bill Davis fired me, uh, he was my second call. Lawyer was my first call. <laughs> and I said, you still, I need a job. He goes, well, he says, Benson's leaving at the end of the year. You got one. I said, okay. Sweet. Yeah. And I finished year out in, uh, that's when I finished that year out in the 64 Shoemaker car. The Shoemaker car. And I made the call. I said, Bill, I need a job. And he, he gave me one. There you go. Yeah. The rest is history. Oh, yeah. yeah. My favorite Bristol one-liner ever is when we went there with the Modified. Uh, Why you got to bring that shit up? Because it needs to be documented for everybody to know. <laughs> it needs this need, the world needs to hear this. I, well, I think there's been a couple. I think in, in my friendship friendship kind of being adopted by well, your, level, your level of friendship's going down from this podcast. beaver beaver dragon running over the scales at concord speedway oh my god that was a good one um <laughs> just wiped them right out but Corey, following mike stefanik following mike stefanik probably is doing good probably running like um, seventh eight those hey, things 34 like, car which no, no it was the 71 no 71 that blue car okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah glenn so, ryerson owned that car modified yeah, race yeah. in the was it in the one yeah, and, and the one just, right. just hooked right, yeah. said like center of the corner, hooked right, hit center line straight. Yep. Well, those modifieds, unlike any other car in traffic, they get arrow loose because you lose all the arrow and the blade. So I landed into the bank with like some counter steer in it, and when it caught some bank, I was a passenger. Yeah, you just hooked on the left rear. Oh, but, oh stuffed it. But head it, out looked, of the it looked like something broke. And I couldn't tell from where I was I standing, still, but I remember I, being at the trailer and they're dragging. It's like a scene from Days of Thunder. It's like me, you, and Steve O in the trailer. And then the car's getting pulled up. Doug's out there smoking a cigarette and, like, just pissed off. <laughs> Shout and the out, car's Doug getting, The car's getting pulled up, leaking fluid. It's flat on the front. Literally flat and to the crankshaft. here comes your dad. Red, like, Yukon Cornelius says, <laughs> the f*** happened? And you go, something broke. He goes, yeah, f***ing traction. <laughs> and I think that's one of the best short track, one of the best short track quotes ever. Something broke. Yeah, traction. You hate it when traction breaks. Yeah, that was a head in the wrong direction. But the the amount of times you've hit us with one-liners like that, I can only imagine Corey how many times he's been hit with one-liners <laughs> like that. But it's uh, it's definitely some Connecticut junkyard tough love. It gets us where we're yeah, going. Well, it's got us this far. <laughs> yeah, might as well That's keep right. it going. That's all I got. I'll let you go. Congrats. Take your box. Congrats, Pop. That's awesome. That love you. Cool. Love you too. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, guys, and that was my pops joining the 75 greatest drivers of NASCAR. It's pretty cool. A heck of an interview. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, got, he's, a way, he's got a way with words, doesn't he? Headed to the paperclip this weekend with arguably the best trophy on the schedule, and I got one in my house from the old modified race last year. Did Tommy ever come wind that for you? He never did. The invitation is still on the table, though. Um, Talk about pit road woes. We have since buried that hatchet, but, yeah, the uh, – that clock is pretty freaking sweet. Who do you think is going to take the clock this Sunday, Chuck? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. To, I mean, William I like Byron's it. tough. Yeah, I was going to say like the Hendrick guys. Like it's Martinsville, Hendrick. It's hard to pick against them. I like William Byron. So I, uh, I went and toured the Hendrick Motor Shop this past week. Uh, first time I've been in there. That place it's is nuts. Nuts, dude! Unbelievable. The uh, it's like a it's like a hospital. For race car engines, well, right? We, it's like they'll take you on a tour, and you have to keep your phone in your pocket for at, at least the press when we when we do the tour. Yeah, so we bought Spire Motorsports. Ty and I we bought lunch uh, for all the shop guys over there just because they've been building good power for us, and wanted to go there and check it out. So we walked around a bit. We got like an hour and a half tour, but it le- like how meticulous that place is with dinos and parts and pieces and the QC that goes into that was unbelievable. But the point I'm getting to is that I don't know how many total clocks that Hendrick has probably, I mean, Jimmy's got how many seven? Uh, I mean, the pro let's just call it 20 clocks. Yeah. They've probably had 10 of them in the motor shop, if not more. And they all were wound. None of them were not working, not working. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I did notice that. 25. So, 25. 25 so clocks. probably I would say half of them are in the motor shop and they all were wound and they wow. all just ticking away. Well, it's 25 as of April 9th, 2021. So what they've, they've won two Alex more. Bowman won, right? 27. 27. 27. So, hmm. Wow. it's a lot of clocks, buddy. So they do, to Chuck's point, know how to get around that paperclip. I got a cool one. Where I you went got? to, one year I had, um, I had Easter dinner at Billy Nazwitz's house. That's cool. Who was Richie Evans' crew chief. Yep. And he had Richie Evans' clocks. And there was like, Richie's got like seven or nine or something, and he had a couple of them in the house, that's which I was sweet. like, damn, that's really cool. So, yeah, man, clocks, there's nothing, there's no cooler item, I think, to have than if you go in someone's house. And you're like, what's that? Yeah, that's my Martinsville clock. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's just what, you, they don't, you can't buy them. Nope. I mean, you could buy Ridgeway, but you can't buy the one that, you get in victory lane. Nope. Actually, contrary to popular belief, the one that's on the stage isn't the one you get to take home. Didn't know that. Nope. They changed the – that one stays the same. They just changed the decals on the front. Prop clock. All the internals and stuff are like welded or glued. Yeah. Or they don't move. Yeah. So that was interesting because the other one comes in a brand new shiny box. So Great. when you were yelling at those guys last year, telling them to come wind your clock, it wouldn't it even was, worked anyway. It wasn't even that right clock. It was, but, hell, it was a hell of a move to say that, though. That was pretty witty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was on one that day. You know, you're pumped up in victory lane, so hopefully we can go back. We ran qualified 14th there the last race, but low low word down force package there, so I think it's going to change things up even more. 
Was there a difference between the spring and the fall last year? Or was it the same? Did they modify I, anything? It might have changed the tire. I'm not sure okay. 100% about that, but the weather was way different. It was like 30 degrees hotter, so we had some more rubber laid down. But we've done a couple of tire tests since then. It's supposed to be in the 70s this weekend. Yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna see a good chance race. of rain. I think that could change. Sprinkle so, tires. Sprinkle, sprinkle tires. tires. Sprinkle tires. Windshield wipers that are four inches tall. Merriman doesn't like running on rain. I no, here's the thing. They Sorry don't. About, they don't really want. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna rifle us off under green with sprinkle tires. No, it's more for like it's to in an effort to help drive the yes. track. Well, sprinkle tires. Bring them. They're well, gonna have some if sprinkle it rains. Tires. So I don't. I, I haven't. I just know that there's some rain in the forecast for Sunday potentially. They won't ever practice or qualify on sprinkle tires, will they? No, never. That's uh, only something to like if the track's damp and we got we got to go racing. Correct. Put them on. It's really. I don't even think that they would start the race on sprinkle tires. It would be a deal if there's a little bit of a mist. They would say damp weather. Put your sprinkle tires on. Put your massive windshield wiper on and just go make some laps. Because I think there was some statistic that. The network did they lose? They lose like forty percent of their viewers once they turn over. Once they cars leave track, they cover them well, up. If you're gonna go that far, you might as well drop the rag and see who goes forward. And who I'd be doesn't. down for that. I don't know. Like, they don't want to do that. A little bit like it would dirt be, racing. It would be. <laughs> hey, going, going to the going to the front. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Merriman? Who's your pick? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say uh, Ty Gibbs gets a win. Mm, it's cold. That is cold. Is it cold? He ain't ready. He ain't ready to find victory. He ain't find victory lane. He can find somebody's eye socket like Sam Mayer's there last year. Ooh, I think that you're in the right manufacturing, right team, but I think you got the wrong number. Ooh. Because I'm going to go with the guy that won the last race there. I think the 20 car. They've been hunting the front. They won this weekend, and I think they can put it together and win again. He doesn't strike me as a guy that finds his way towards the front of Martinsville. Oh, no. He just won the last race there, but, yeah, no. At Martinsville, he won the last race. Chris yeah. Bell, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's got Adam Stevens on the box, dude. Yeah, Adam's tough guy. Uh, hey, Cowboy. Cowboy. He's, Cowboy. A, he's the best crew chief tough nobody's guy. talking about right now, in my opinion. Yeah, that's oh, twenty dude, that whole team, team that is twenty strong. teams freaking strong, man. Oh yeah, he did win. He won that kind of hail mary. Needed to win Martinsville to get. No, he play. dominated it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's yeah, just overshadowed yeah. because Ross did the wall ride. Which yeah, is correct. Illegal. Can't do that. Yeah, taking all the fun out of it. What are you thinking about it? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I'm trying to get this, trying to get the 14th here, boys. <laughs> Corey's gonna see how many laps in a row he can do it. Yeah, literally until <laughs> your gets... cheese, your car's cheese grated down to the seat, like I'm sitting there like Mike Harmon in Bristol. <laughs> Great reference. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But the the hail melon is out of commission. Hail um, knows what that's going to say. huh? Only 400 laps. It's going to change. So we we're looking at it today in our meeting that. So we were 19th there in the fall, qualified 14th. The outside lane didn't go, fell back to 19th, and we got lapped the first stage just at the end, and it was 130 laps was the stage. So the first stage now is 80 laps. So it's going to definitely change yeah. the race a lot with more cars on a lead lap. Um, I think the leader will probably get to 25th, 26th, so qualifying is super important. You want to be ahead of that threshold of not getting lapped. Will you be rifling tires on it more than we were? Yeah. The last race here, we were running full fuel runs. Yeah. We were pitting for fuel in the last stage. Like, it was only a three-pit stop race. So, Phoenix, we saw Phoenix, obviously different than I Richmond, mean, but if you what, had them, take them. I don't, I don't remember the exact number. What they, they say, half of the downforce is taken off with the, end, with the engine strikes off of it. 
with the diffuser strikes off of it and the blade being down to two inches the the downforce on the cars is about half of what it was yeah. so mid to high 70s too so. you're gonna be looking yeah you're gonna be roasting the tires on that thing looking for grip you'll be blasting tires on it you might see two at the end if there's a 25 lap restart to go somebody rifle on some aired up right sides and make a run for some track position so could get interesting i hope it is i'm excited about it i think we can run pretty well there looking for a top 10 recover some of the points we lost at bristol yeah who do i think is gonna win i'm gonna go with the 24 i think so i like that yeah really going on a limb hey man i'm with him Always some interesting stuff on Pit Road happening at Martinsville. So we're going to break that down. Pit Road Boats and Woes right after this. Half mile short track calls for a tight, tight pit road with super small stalls. What are we looking for? We're not going there yet. This we're weekend going, we're, we're going to Bristol. No, we're not. We're going back to Bristol. No. How do you speed at a racetrack with no pit road, man? <laughs> I, I need to be asking the competition side. So, so I didn't even know we were running you got pit. A flat. You went from thirtieth to like eighteenth. You were going forward, or thirty fifth to eighteenth. Thirty fifth to eighteenth, going forward. I had a bet that you were going to finish the top fifteen because you were pretty dismal about it on I was. Saturday. Um, I told Sparks after the heat race. I said, "I'm if you see the." bus and the jacks coming up on the bus and slides going in i'm just going to martinsville see <laughs> you had a rough heat race yeah but you get a flat you pit yeah. but when you pitted the first like the first segment from when you transition from dirt to asphalt that line is is covered yeah so you didn't quite know where the line was and you sped over it well you didn't really know what pit road speed is because you never ran pit road oh okay so yeah, you just so kind of guess week, you get there every week like the second or third pace lap get single file everybody comes down pit road to ju to validate their pit road speed on their dash Correct. and you go okay hey too yeah. much there not enough there yeah and i sped 0.04 miles an hour That's so rough. then so yeah so then that was a the difference because then we had to we changed right front tire went back out got black flag for speed and had to do a pass through come out do a pass through caution comes next lap down three laps Oof. then we get stuck down three laps the rest of the day that was a whoa That's the tough part about show. like about like not doing stages or not. That's the tough part about dirt racing. You don't take tires. So you have guys that stay out. So you can never wave. Yeah. And then you're just not, you're not. Well, and every caution comes out, somebody's losing a lap. So then they get the dog back Yeah. and you never tough. get opportunity to get your luck, your laps back. So darn it. We literally rode around the rest of the day. But we yeah, ain't riding around this week though. This weekend. I love Martinsville. It's a, it's a very, it can be the, your best friend or your mm. worst enemy, right? If you, Pit the pit stall selection here is more important than anywhere, and if you can pit on the straightaway, um, it's really pretty beneficial. There's a couple key pit boxes. Obviously, pit stall one uh, is really good. I think it's actually moved back to pit stall two now, which is not quite as beneficial. As good as it is, it's also challenging because you're coming around the corner and you can't see your car till the last minute. So a lot you can see a lot of jump line penalties. Uh, guys getting out there a little bit too early. The good thing is, from the wall to the line, it's pretty narrow, so you can get out there in like two steps. But yeah, it's going to be. Um, does the heat the does the brake heat affect? It seemed to in Phoenix, like it seemed to see you seem to see lug nuts like for everybody to be a little bit tighter across the board. But then I, I don't know, like it's not like it was with steel wheels and five lug nuts. It's it, I, I don't really have an answer on like knowing the difference of it, but there's still brake dust and. 
I'm not real sure. Like how are the much wheels tighter. hot? No, mm. the wheels are not as hot. Like you would go into Martinsville with in the five lug era with steel wheels. You would tape. I would like I would tape my uh, fingers because when you grab the wheel, uh, you would just get blisters on your on your fingertips. Yeah, because the wheel was probably 700 degrees. Always had new gloves. Always tape my fingers. Um, going to going to the next gen wheel. I think because it's more open, the brakes are bigger, so you're not they're not getting as hot because they're the, the brakes are a little more efficient. Yeah. Um, they're still a thousand eleven hundred degrees. Yeah. So, the, but they're not like the wheels when they come in. I, I don't know if they dissipate heat better or they don't yeah. hold as much heat. Or but they're yeah, aluminum, so they dissipate heat a bit. Yeah. So they're not nearly like it like it used to be. Don't get me wrong, they're not ice cold either, but they're not going to burn your fingers off if you hang on to it a little bit too long. Yeah. But this is a this is just a great, like, I remember last year we were racing Chris Bell and we were like three or four pit stalls down from him. We were both on the straightaway and it was like a pit competition. Like, we were both look, like, getting done, looking up at each other, um, seeing who, who won the race off pit road. So it's definitely a race where... I've had a race end on a pit road there. We were running dude, you good. you were running up front. Yeah, we came in like ninth. Dropped a little bit of a slow stop. This is two years ago w- with the old car. Dropped the jack, pull out of the pits, and my right front splitter bar caught the jack post of the eight. Dude, and ripped the whole nose off, didn't it? Ripped the whole nose, splitter, ductwork, everything right out of it. So that's Not what happens. about that with the next-gen car. No, those things, things are tanks, and you just drive right into something. Well, it's only two lanes wide. Yeah. So if you're, if there's, if you're running 10th or 11th and you're far down pit road, like in, say, pit stall 1 to 9 or 10 that wraps around the corner— and you go to pull out, there's nowhere to go if they're too wide coming by you, except yeah. into the door of somebody else. So, yeah, it gets, it gets pretty sketchy down there. I'm, I'm glad that the days – I'm glad that the choose rules here because remember the days of, like, when you get down the pit road and some guy would check up and let the yeah. other guy go so they could be on the inside or the outside. I'm glad that's over. It's just a straight-up race off. How about the dang choose drone? I thought that was cool Choose drone was cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys like it? I, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was nifty. I, I think we drums. should do it every week. Yeah. I mean, Are we? Well, it was funny. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. We, I was not? at the Fox and the Hound with Greg from Off Axis and Ryan Truex was there. And he's like, they should do it every week because I can't see that damn thing, especially if there's a glare from the sun. You can't, you can't see, see the see. mark. No, you can't see the mark. How well so. could you see the drone? Like, Oh, it's bright as hell. It was lit, lit up. Yeah. LED lights, man. It was you cool. You had a fun camera, too, on that thing. Like, yeah. To see y'all going to Yeah, it was side. cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm team drone every week. That thing was pretty cool. Yeah, Hashtag like choose drone. What's a, aren't the stops a bit slower there at Martinsville than they are generally? No. No, you'll be burning. You'll be you'll see race winning stops at the end, maybe be, you know, low nines. Mm. You'll see, you know, there'll be teams like they were in Richmond mid nines all race. And yeah, when it comes time when the when the pay window opens, just like just like Richmond at the end, you know, you're gonna have to run a mid nine to to gain or maintain to the end. So it's gonna be uh it's going to be a pit. It's definitely it definitely can turn into a picker competition there because it's hard to pass once you get in front of somebody. You like I said, there's there's a lot of times we can we say like you're not going to win it on pit road, but you can definitely lose it there. Well, you can win it here for sure. So yeah, it's exciting. Well, good luck to you. Hopefully, you don't have any woes. Well, seven teams been fast all year. Yeah, they're they're humming, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get settled into Martinsville. Let them guys give me a couple spots and just pick and choose our way to the front. Don't speed. And we're gonna pick our. Pick and choose some penny for your thoughts questions. Janie, what do we got? 
We've got four questions. Our first one comes from Nathan Dillard, and he wants to know, I've always noticed you rock some awesome stuff on the wrist. What's your favorite go-to watch? Ooh, I got a couple of them, a couple BRMs. One is branded built. They got one for me for Christmas. Also, they did like a custom super shoe copper colored watch. That one's pretty cool. But my favorite go-to watch is I've been wearing a black-on-black Shinola that I bought for my buddy Bray Pemberton, Robin Pemberton's kid, when we signed my first real contract to like actually get paid to drive race cars for the 32 Go Fast. Kelly and I were vacationing up in New York right around Christmas time, bought the watch for Bray, came home. He passed away. Uh, October was a year, so his wife gave me that watch. I sent it back to Shinola to get it working, get it all cleaned up, so uh, that's been my good luck watch. I've been wearing, I, I wear that during the race as well. So wore that watch every Sunday all year and it's bought, brought us some pretty decent luck, I would say. So yes, a black on black Shinola is probably my favorite watch right now for the sentimental attachment. Our next one comes from David Big Dave Evans. If you could pick any era of NASCAR and any team, when would you want to drive and for who? Who do you think would be your main rival? God, that's a great penny Big for your Dave thoughts. Big Dave bringing the heat. Yeah, that's a great penny for your thoughts question. Man, so I would say like late 60s, early 70s, like Plymouth Daytona era, driving for the Wood Brothers with – Richard Petty being your rival because you know it's either you or him, right? I mean, they were always one. I don't know if they were always one car, the Wood Brothers or not, but either to be a teammate of David Pearson or to drive David Pearson's car in the early seventies, that would be freaking sweet. Can we give the fans a little bit of a little bit of a teaser? Can we do that? I think we can. Can we do that? We're taking a road trip in the next couple of weeks up to Level Cross to sit down on the front porch. Of that man himself, Richard Petty, the king, and Dale Inman, eight-time NASCAR championship-winning crew chief and the king himself. Join in stacking pennies so you do not want to miss that episode. So there's a, That's not even a teaser. That's just straight up what we're doing. Next question. Next question. Jeremy Grondon asks, in NASCAR history, who are your favorite drivers who didn't get to see Victory Lane as much? Another good question. Ward Burton probably is a, is a good one. Um, Only one two Daytona 500s, right? One. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking Sterling Marlin. Sterling was another good one. But he, I mean, he won some he races. Won race. Cuckoo's Boy was pretty good. About Rick Mast. Like a, no, like a Dave Marcus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he raced for a long time. Uh, didn't see victory lane a lot. Even Kyle Petty, he's freaking awesome. I love his opinions. I think he won seven cup races, which isn't a small number. I'm thinking one more. I like John Andretti too. Oh yeah. God rest his soul. John Andretti. He was pretty cool. Obviously carrying the Andretti name as well. Won it a couple times in the 43. So yeah, those are a couple of ones that I liked growing up for sure. Our last question comes from Brady Rinfoss. What do you look forward to the most about race day, and what do you not look forward to? Actually, I've never been asked this question. I've been asked rituals and this and that, but what do I look forward to the most about race day? I'll I'll almost, like, change this question a little bit because I think about a lot of, like, and I think I'm going to add this as a question I ask to different people, like when we interview them, is what are you going to miss the most about it, right? Whether it's the community or whether it's this, whether it's that. And what I look forward to and what I think that I'm going to miss the most is how hard it is. Like the challenge of pushing yourself, like how much pressure is involved with every move you make, how much 
you know, how one little lapse of concentration can ruin a day, how locked in you have to be. So what I look forward to is the, the challenge of pushing yourself, pushing your team, getting the most out of your day. So that's what I look forward to the most. And what do I look forward, what do I not look forward to? It's probably the same thing. You also don't look forward to how hard it is, right? I think that it's, it, people ask if you get nervous. Yeah, you get nervous because there's a lot of money, a lot of responsibilities, a lot of pressure riding. That's why I got so many gray hairs, just because it's a lot of freaking pressure to be a cup driver, to perform each and every week for your partners, for your guys that work on the car, bust their butt late at night. So you want to do good for those guys. And yeah, there's a lot of pressure and responsibilities come along with that. And I don't take that lightly. So what I look forward to the most and what I look forward to the least is how hard it is. That's what I'm going to miss too is when it's done. Hopefully I'm in it for another decade or so, but I do love how freaking hard it is to be a cup driver. Flores, do you have an answer for that? I like I like a lot of things about race day. Obviously, like competing, the, the level of competition is just unrivaled. I don't. I'm kind of like right now at this moment this year. I think I'm over the plane rides. I think the West Coast swing at the beginning. Oh. I'm just over it, and I just do the West Coast swing. I, like it. Like I've realized that I'm just a complete prima donna because like I used to drive up and down wherever to go racing you'd race all day load the thing up drive it however long you need to go home and now i don't like the plane flights because i'm a sissy because it doesn't have wi-fi i don't know i just like because you're old i'm just over it i don't know maybe you don't drive my bus nope okay (laughs) stop bitching (laughs) uh those are some great penny for your thoughts questions i like those keep sending them in appreciate that hashtag penny for your thoughts Penny Stacker of the Week. So, man, I I literally got my phone out to text the group chat this guy's name, but I just got sidetracked, forgot to do it. Uh, You'll know who he he knows who he is. He showed up to the Chevy appearance on Sunday, seven hat, shirt on, uh, Corey the Joy shirt, drove down to Bristol, Tennessee from Canada. He's a UPS driver. Listens to the podcast every week. Drive a brown truck or drive a personal car? Drives a brown truck. He drove it down? No, he didn't drive the I brown think, truck. I just remember Dale Jarrett. We'll race race the brown truck. That's that, all I can yeah, think of when you said that. On it. Race yeah. the truck, Dale. Man, I, I don't even want to misquote his name. I think it was, let's just call him Jamie. I don't think that's his name. But yeah, my man in Canada riding around, listening to Stacking Pennies. You, sir, are the Penny Stack of the Week. Sorry I didn't text your name in the group chat to remember. But uh, In the brown truck. It's riding around in the brown truck, getting a shout out. Love to see it. Also, probably should give Penny Stack of the Week Tim Tebow because he's just my favorite guy. Um, he stacks enough pennies. He's got play, dude. He's his. I may or may not have Googled gave him how five thousand dollar helmet. I did give him a helmet. I, I may or may not have Googled how big his the rock that was on his wife's finger was. Oh my it. god! Only you notice that stuff. It's seven point two five carats. Oh my god! I don't know how many pennies are involved in that, but that's a lot of pennies, bro. You Googled that. Actually, somebody else Googled it on Sirius XM Radio because I brought it up how big it was, and then somebody else Googled it and told me how much it was. Good for him. That's how I know I'm broke. I don't even notice stuff like that. I could not notice it. I was like, holy mackerel. I mean, I'm surprised her, her biceps weren't as big as his were. He's got some pythons, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. Going to Martinsville this weekend. Don't miss out. Make sure you tune in to the NOCO Faux Hunt Martinsville Speedway. Get your hot dogs or get on your couch and tune that sucker at 3 o'clock. Eastern time to FS1 and watch us run around the paperclip. Also, make sure while you're sitting there, not while you're driving, but if you're at a red light, make sure you just hit like or just download this thing. Share it, rate it, review it, do all that thing, uh, and keep this thing on the road. And also, if you want a little bit more of us, a little more penny stacking, tune in to Spare Change on Sunday. We'll be blabbing a little bit about Martinsville. 
That's all I got. Y'all have a great day. Bye.